Farming is a seasonal thing. Make hay while the sun shines. There are times when you go pedal to the metal. There are other times when you take vacation. (laughs) It's just the way it has always been since time immemorial. This has been one of the reasons why for 60 years... Farming in Washington State had an exemption relating to overtime. Overtime, uh, you know, as we've talked about with this issue many times on the program in the last several months since the state Supreme Court ruling on this overtime exemption back in November, uh, overtime in, in some ways makes a lot more sense for different kinds of businesses, different kinds of employment that's a lot more steady. Um, and also farming is a way of life and farming is dealing with mother nature and with animals and all different kinds of variables that make your work ebb and flow. Uh, but, uh, the state Supreme court didn't see it that way. And again, as we've talked about multiple times, one of the first people that we talked with about this issue, uh, was Scott Dilley, uh, with the dairy federation. He has been plugged into labor and legislative issues for a long, long time, particularly around agriculture Uh, We checked in with Scott as, you know, things developed in this legislative session that's now almost over in Olympia. Well, we're really all over the place uh, with the Zoom session this year, if we want to call it that. Uh, And and Scott joins us again with an update of of where everything stands now. I'm not sure if everyone has has gotten the memo on everything that's transpired uh, with what's gone on. You know, the big fear coming out of November, I remember talking with you about this even before the ruling came out, was, you know, what are they going to do about retroactive back pay? This idea of uh, the state legislature saying, um, no, it's not constitutional to have an exemption uh, for paying people time and a half over 40 hours a week. Um, therefore, by some, uh, I believe, bizarre stretch, uh, um, farmers should have, uh, should have to pay back the last three years, maxing out the statute of limitations uh, on not paying time and a half to employees over 40 hours a week. Of course, that cost would have been crippling. It really wouldn't have done much for the workers and it would have benefited lawyers. We reported on this extensively here and a bill came forward to first deal with that issue. And then we talked about that as it took its twists and turns. Is that a fair way to characterize it, Scott? It's been a roller coaster ride. It has been, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, and and not one of the exciting wooden roller coasters, but one of those ones that has the the spirals in it, and you kind of have your head <laughs> hanging back and forth on the on on the on the seat cushion. Yeah, I think it's more harness. like the, I mean, I think it's uh, more like one of those wooden ones where it's pretty wild, but you're worried that the bottom may just crack and drop out at any point because it's kind of creaking as you. Could. Yeah. true there's that hasn't it felt Uh, that way oh man and again this is the farming show by the way dylan honkoop here on kgmi scott dilly with the dairy washington state dairy federation uh with us so where do we stand right now this retroactive back pay thing that we were so worried about the you know we've been drawing the speed limit analogy if you speed pay you know change the speed limit and then have to pay tickets back three years doesn't make sense unconstitutional 
that's not going to happen, but there's more to the story, right? Right, yeah. So the good news is that the final version of the bill, this is Senate Bill 5172, that passed the legislature, includes that three-year look-back protection. So, um, And that's, uh, that's a protection from agency actions. It's a protection from lawsuits. So that is that was our number one priority going into session. You know, you can't change what has happened over the past three years. You can change the future, but you can't change the past. And so our number one priority was to make sure that that, you know, uh, farmers, dairy farmers and, and everyone else wouldn't have to pay um, you know, those back wages that they didn't owe in the first place, and yet they were being sued for. You know, it, it, the whole situation made no sense. We didn't ask to be put in the situation, but, um, you know, certainly uh, it's something that, you know, really cried out for a remedy. Yeah. And uh, we're glad that legislators listened to, you know, testimony that that our, our growers presented in, in legislative hearings, and they, they, they acted on that. They, they did protect farmers. So uh, we're very pleased uh, to, to have that victory. Um, that, that is you know, one of, I'd say, the two major components of the final version of 5172, and that is definitely one that, that, that we're you know, excited to, to uh, have and to talk about. Uh, the other side of this bill has to do with the future and and, and a, a phase in of of overtime over the next three years. So that's that's the side of the bill that, depending on what commodity you're in, you know, you may it, it may mean nothing to you or it may mean everything to you. So for dairy, the final version of 5172 codifies what the state supreme court said. So if if you are a, so dairy employees need to be paid time and a half over 40 hours um, now. I mean, it's, you know, really, we, we told people back after the Supreme Court ruled to, to go ahead and do that. This bill says, yeah, you need to do that. So, so dairy employees need to be paid time and a half for hours over 40, um, you know, currently and, and from now on into the future. Other workers in agriculture, um, that's where the, this phase in over several years um, can, you know, takes place. And I, I feel like I should mention, even though you just kind of alluded to it there and described it correctly, but when we say overtime uh, here in this conversation and a lot of others, it's shorthand for overtime pay, or like you said, time and a half wages over 40 hours a week or with this phase in of of overtime pay um, at whatever threshold it is on the given year as it phases lower and lower uh, you know i most people i think understand that but i you know for people just joining this issue just cluing into what's going on here you know i, I know some people have been confused by the the term well overtime pay of course workers have always been paid for all of the hours that they work the question is whether or not they get straight time the same you know hourly rate over 40 or if they get time and a half over 40 or whatever threshold so there's my uh, legal disclaimer or explainer uh for, you know here forth uh overtime refers to uh, overtime pay of time and a half over x number of hours a week explain this this phase in that will affect everyone else this is not for dairy is already at the the end point which is time and a half over 40 right 
Correct. Yeah. And, and this bill doesn't undo what the state Supreme Court said. It, it simply reiterates what the state Supreme Court said with regard to dairy. But for everyone else in agriculture, there's a, a three-year phase in. So beginning January 1st of next year, so 2022, uh, workers in agriculture uh, will need to be paid time and a half over 55 hours a week. And then the following year, uh, that threshold drops down to 48 hours a week. And then the following year, 2024, it drops down to 40 hours a week. So uh, this this gets agriculture ultimately down to time and a half for workers over 40 hours a week over several years. And, it, you know, and it, there, I'll add, there is no seasonal flexibility. One of the things that the that the ag lobby, you know, the the, the lobbyists for uh, farmers um, of all different commodities, we all asked for some kind of seasonal flexibility um, to address the very issues that you talked about at at, at the beginning of this segment, Dylan. Um, you know, we do need seasonal flexibility because we're dealing with nature, and nature is, you know, it's not like we're manufacturing widgets, right? <laughs> nature mm-hmm. changes. And um, and the legislature, did, you know, we asked, they did not respond with that. So the 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 final components of 5172 are the three years of look back protection, and then a a three year kind of you know phase in uh, down to 40 hours. So that's that's how it, it shaped up this year this session scott dilly uh with the washington state dairy federation their communications director with us on the farming show this morning i'm dylan honkoop here on kgmi glad to have you along this morning this is going to change a lot of things in farming certainly it's already changed a lot of things in uh, dairy farming and as you just explained scott as the phase in uh rolls out the the overtime pay um, in the you know all the other commodities commodities and, and sectors of farming in Washington, it's going to have an effect. Um, Again, a sigh of relief that we don't face this retroactive pay, this look back issue because that would have been devastating immediately. What are people talking about the impact of this being long term and our other? you know, commodity saying, Oh, thanks a lot, dairy. You know, we, we had to give this up to uh, save you from retroactive pay or something. I I think that that's a misunderstanding of the situation, but I can see where some people may be reading it that way. Yeah. And I, I I can see how, how they would, how they could see that or say that like at, at first blush, but when you look at the language of the state Supreme Court ruling, it's very clear that the court was laying the groundwork for expanding uh, this ruling in, you know, a, a, you know, in the Deruder case uh, involving dairy. They were going to expand it to the rest of agriculture. And so what this three-year phase-in does is it at least gives growers and other commodities a roadmap. It it allows them to plan um, for these different changes over the next few years, as opposed to having a court uh, decide the issue arbitrarily when a judge or a like in you know, maybe the Supreme Court when they determine it needs to be done. So now there is more certainty around the issue as opposed to uh, uncertainty or um, yeah, just you know that's. 
that's the the, the big picture. It's well, that, not, that's what's it, been so that's what's been right. so painful in dairy because dairy had to adjust immediately. It was like a right. light switch from one day to the next. Suddenly, this the law was totally different, and there have been a lot of, I mean, to put it very euphemistically, growing pains uh, with this, and and people have already gotten hurt in the process and and lost out. Right, and the rest of agriculture is spared from that that uh, you know from having to make those immediate changes that dairy had to make overnight now so i mean at least there's time to plan uh work schedules and different workforces and things like that it doesn't mean that it's any easier or that it's yeah. it's 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 simple it just means people have a little more time to adapt rather than waking up one morning and finding that the thing you've been doing for the last 60 years is all wrong. Mm. Um, so there's, you know, like, and that, that's what dairy had to do and had to adapt to on a moment's notice. So, you know, other folks have a little more time to adapt yeah. this, this growing season. It's just like any other. So it begins January 1st of next year at a 55 hour cap. So, you know, that's or cap or threshold, but you know, um, that's so there, there is some time to think about this and and make uh changes um if you know yeah so this is the farming show i'm dylan honkoop here on kgmi talking with scott dilly with the washington state dairy federation for kind of the lowdown on where this overtime pay and farming issue sits of course the the big change the big moment was it back in november with the state supreme court ruling on the issue invalidating essentially the exemption uh that uh, farming has had for 60 years uh, mind you, other industries have uh, the, that exemption as well. It'll be interesting to see what impact this may have beyond uh, farming as far as the other areas that have been exempt. Um, but like we said, that's the big change there. The next step was uh, you know, preventing this, this retroactive back pay that has now essentially been dealt with by the legislature. It's just awaiting the governor's signature. There was some confusion, though, on whether the governor could line item veto part of this bill and there could still be more you know, heartbreak to come. What's the scoop there? This was, is this the technical amendment thing that you guys were talking about behind the scenes right at the end? Yes. So the bill that passed the Senate had those provisions in it that we just talked about, but those provisions were in multiple sections. And what we asked the House, and, and the House went ahead and, and made this change. We asked them to, the representatives, to put all of those effective uh, sections, you know, the, the, the substance of the bill into one section. Um, and which which protects the bill from a section veto, because here in Washington, the, the governor can veto sections of a bill. So if there are multiple sections, he can you know sign certain sections and veto others. And we just wanted all of it together. And so that we could say a deal's a deal. Right. We mm -hmm. if you know, there, the, the three years of look back protection and the phase in needed to go hand in hand in the same section. Um, so that uh, one could not be vetoed without the other. They would both have to be signed into law um, you know, together because they, they exist together. So, And that's what the House did, and the Senate concurred with that change. So there was no real substantive change. It was just a structural change uh, just to ensure that 
uh, when the bill is placed before the governor, that um, that you know he will take action on on that one section rather than than different actions yeah. on different sections. We don't want to have a last minute surprise uh, when this Correct. goes to the governor's desk. Um, we're just about out of time again. Scott Dilly with the the State Dairy Federation on the phone with us this morning. Uh, at the end of all this, you know, in some ways, kind of a tough pill to swallow as far as the costs and the changes and the negative impacts this will have, not just on farms and farmers, but also farm workers farm who workers. Yeah. won't be able to get the hours that they want, make the amount of money that they want as much as overtime in a vacuum in the abstract sounds like a great idea where the rubber meets the road and just ask somebody who works for a big box store, do they get any overtime hours? Well, <laughs> usually no overtime and they're lucky if they get one or two hours of overtime why it's cost control on the part of the company you know th this is where reality can differ from the this abstract idea that can sound like a positive thing not necessarily a positive development for workers in in a lot of cases um but at, at the same time, and this may sound strange to, to some folks, uh, because of how difficult this is going to be and the, and the, the difficulties ahead yet, um, this is still a win. This this could have been so much worse, and there was there the farming community in in a lot of ways was successful in this circumstance. Yes, because dairy was facing you know about a hundred and twenty million dollar liability going back three years. Ooh. All of agriculture put together, we estimated at about two billion dollars. So hmm. that look back protection um, is is worth a lot. So in that sense, this is a win. And even though the ag community was not successful in getting some kind of seasonal flexibility, the phase-in allows us to gather more data over the next couple of years, both from farmers and farm workers, about uh, the hours worked, the work that needs to be done, uh, rates of pay and everything like that, and to be able to go back to the legislature and make a, a, a case for some kind of seasonal flexibility in the next year or two. Once so, we so have that part, what you're saying is that part of the issue is not over yet. Uh, well, correct. Correct. I, I think what, what we will end up doing is, yeah, gathering information and going back with that additional information to make, you know, to make the case that um, we do need flexibility to account for, you know, planting and harvest, whether you're dairy, whether you're tree fruit, whatever, you know, farmers are, you know, growing feed, they're growing crops, uh, you know, fruit, whatever. And so, um, that that kind of flexibility is is um, is definitely uh, a consideration that uh, legislators need to uh, look at and and hopefully grant to the agricultural community. Bottom line, we haven't heard the end of all of this, but there is a certain um, sigh of relief. Uh, at the yes. same time, a bit of a, a tough pill to swallow, uh, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, for farming ahead with this whole wage issue, overtime uh, pay. Scott Dilley, Washington State Dairy Federation, with us this morning on The Farming Show. Scott, thanks for your time, and thanks for all of the, the many, many hours you and your team there uh, have put into this issue. Well, you're certainly welcome, and thanks for having me on, Dylan.